Welcome back to another episode of The Rankable Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank, and I am psyched. Really important topic today. We are talking all about project management, change management, SEO businesses. I mean, are we in a recession? We're dealing with AI. We're talking with none other than Tess Vokes. Tess is the VP of operations at Local SEO Guide. She's the founder at her own freelance digital mark consulting practice where she's helping her clients kind of get their project management in check. She's been doing it. She's passionate operations and business development leader, focusing on people, helping agencies and businesses get efficient you know, organized, accountable, profitable. Thanks for joining me today, Tess. How are you doing? I am well. That was quite the introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excited to be me here. Me too. I mean, we, you and I, were in the same world. We're in this agency marketing world. We talk SEO. You've been doing SEO for, for a hot minute, but you've also been doing this project management animal. Um, Kind of just like setting the scene, bird's eye view. From your perspective, why is project management important? Sure. So um, I think a lot of what we do in the SEO world is super client focused, but I think what people forget about is like, it's a business, like on our end, it's a business, like anything else we're here to make money. Um, And how do you make money? You scale things, you make it efficient, you make it a process a repeatable something or another that you can, um, for the most part, I mean, not always because SEO is not a perfect template, right? But for the most part, you can make it um, a process, you can like, basically like finesse it down to um, a set of steps and a time period so that you can make yourself and your team and your business profitable. Um, and obviously everybody loves money. Um, so that is kind of the crux of, of why we need project management and why it's important. But again, it is super overlooked, super underrated, but everybody needs a project manager or at least um, an initial like consult um, to help you figure out like what your business needs to look like to be profitable and efficient. It's so interesting too, because it's like I've been a part of various organizations, like not calling out any names. Some people get it really, really right, and it's this this machine that's effective and productive and gets stuff done. And then others where you know they don't know their head from their butt, and you know ultimately it it is a, a cluster. It's a disaster. It's it's a mess. I'm curious specifically for SEO. How do you think about project management? Like, why does it matter specifically for SEO campaigns, tasks, projects, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like um, specifically for SEO, it's like important to like say like the typical it depends thing. So um, I think it's important to like recognize that a lot of SEO can be a template, but a lot of it like can't. Um, So to kind of speak about the parts that can be a template and why it's important is because um, first of all, it makes your, your product and what you have super seamless. Um, you're de- making like a clear, consistent deliverable always. Um, especially it's a, especially important if you're delivering to a client every month, right? Because they see it month one, month two, and hopefully month, you know, 30 and 40 and 52, but, um, making sure that you're delivering the same thing, the same quality, um, and they know what to expect. And they, then they also know in that, like, on the other hand, know what to not, ex- you know, what they don't want. So um, that's important for your client deliverables, but internally, it's also important because your team needs to know what to deliver, what to expect, how long it's going to take them. Um, and then at an operational level, at a business level, you need to know like how long it's going to take somebody because you have bills to pay. <laughs> like how long is it going to take somebody? Like um, you're paying that person's salary or their their wage and how like all the tools and the pieces that go in in the back end, like how does that, how does that all come together? 
um, to be to make like a timely, nice deliverable for your client within a budget so that you understand what your profit margin is. So um, to your point, a lot of people get it's a mess and they don't know. And and then you don't know your profit margin. And then you get to a weird, wacky economy like this. And you're like, I don't even know where I'm like floating or sinking or where like you don't know your head from your butt, like you said. So it is it is really hard, but it's also like a necessary part of business. And um, it's better just to like sometimes just rip off the bandaid and get right into it and figure it out versus um, living in denial and just being like, well, we'll figure it out later. So that's that's kind of my specialty. <laughs> but I mean, that that's an interesting perspective. It's like, how do you know from a project management standpoint, if you're coming in, like whether you are working with an existing process, an existing set of, of processes versus starting from scratch? Like if you're helping a client, how do you look at that? How do you assess the type of help that they need to for like project management and processes across the board? Yeah. So generally I'll ask like um, if they don't have, if they're already just like, I don't know, like we just have to start from ground zero. Like, I mean, that's obviously a place to start. Right. <laughs> um, and then from there, we'll just prioritize like, what are your height? Like, what do you want to be or what are likely your highest margin or lowest margin products? Um, which ones are your most frequent? Um, those kinds of things. And we'll kind of like triage it from there. But like, if you, if you do know, like, even if you do know what your margins are, I am willing to bet like a lot of money <laughs> and a lot of time that you still need to refine your processes. Like, and even for somebody who has processes, like I am constantly going back through processes to be like, okay, that no longer serves us or that no longer works or like, oh, now there's AI, <laughs> like, welcome. Um, now, how do we work this in? Because like our environment is constantly changing. The industry we're in is constantly changing. So it'd be silly to be like, oh, this worked a year ago. This is going to work great now. Like maybe that's true. Like maybe it is, but it's likely not. And so, you know, um, to your to your question, like how do you know? Um, sometimes you don't and you just have to dive in. And even when you do know, you still have to be circling back constantly just, just to make sure your your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. I mean, to that point, it almost sounds like you really need your business, organize your revenue, organize your metrics, organize, like understand where all that is before you even start to put things into play. Because how often do you, would you even need to change that in the first place if, if you don't even know where your starting point is? So if you do an assessment, like, do you, do you ask like kind of, I guess my question is, is do businesses know typically are they organized in that way? Or, or do you have to like send them back to the drawing bar um, even there? Usually they have a pretty good idea. You know, mm -hmm. like they they know what their clients are signed up for, how much that's mm -hmm. bringing in, the cadence of their work and their deliverable flow. Um, what they don't usually know is like um, how the processes they have in place, like tie into their margins. Usually they're like, we have no idea. Like, like, sure, this thing costs $50,000 a month, but like how much of that is profit or loss? Like we don't know because we don't know if like the process that we're using now is like, is right. If it's too much or not enough, or um, like, can we make it consistent so that we're, we make a consistent profit versus like, sometimes we do it this weird wonky way. And sometimes we deer it this other weird wonky way and there it varies. So yeah, it's, I kind of see a little bit of everything. Um, luckily at LSG, it's pretty reined in. <laughs> yeah. So most of the processes are just um, like, hey, we need to add this thing or remove this thing or, hey, we need to 
um, you know, edit what we're doing because like I said, like AI comes along and now we're like, oh, heck, how do we, how do we implement this now? <laughs> or how does this change the game? And so, um, I, I don't have a preference either way, I guess, but like, I do generally like to <laughs> generally like to work with businesses that kind of ha- at least have some semblance of what, what they have going on, or at least know where they want to go. Right. And, and I guess to that point, what do, what do most businesses get right versus get wrong about operations specifically? Like, where do you see people are typically like on the right track versus missing the mark? Yeah. So I feel like um, pretty much everybody knows what they're doing as far as like a deliverable. Um, so like, uh, I do a lot of like by nature, I guess, SEO companies just because of <laughs> just yeah. that we're, but like, so for instance, just like a very broad, like hypothetical situation, a lot of folks will be like, okay, we, um, we have an SEO audit that we owe somebody, like we have a 1 million URL site that we need an SEO audit for. Okay, great. Um, that's perfect. Like they, they know, and like, oh, we charge, you know, X hundreds of thousand dollars or whatever. I don't know. Um, we char- that's what we charge. And we have this audit that we owe them in two months. And it's like, oh, okay, that's great. But like what people don't get right a lot of times is like understanding that there's so many layers of that task, right? Like it's like, you can't just like give somebody an audit and be like, here, do this audit in two months. It's more like, okay, what are the components of that audit? How long does that take each person? Um, like who do we, who does the QA of this? Like, how do we, how do we make this? Like, like I mentioned at the beginning, like a consistent type of product that we're always delivering to folks so that we're a, not missing a step B it's quality controlled and C it's profitable. Um, because you could have like a, an audit and spend, you know, like 10 hours on a content audit for one person and four on, on the next one. Now somebody could argue, well, it'll all even out in the end, but does it? Like, does anybody go back to make sure it does? Like, I don't know. Like, um, so that's like a great example of like, let's, let's cap it at like eight hours. And then if we need more, like, you know, somebody should holler into the void at like hour four or five in that process to be like, Hey, I need more, like, just so we know. Um, and then to, to kind of the greater point is like, then it's a little bit easier to understand like, okay, that's how this these extra hours or this extra time or this extra person or whatever it is, is going to affect the profitability of this product. Um, and if it's a common issue, then, Hey, we gotta, we gotta re rejigger how this works a bit and, and build in some time or some processes to the, to the greater product. I mean, that that's the challenge, right? Where, where you're like, you can't be so rigid that you can't, you know, step like it has to be flexible because not every project's going to be the same. That's just the the part of it, no matter how much you productize the process. And so it's like you as a project manager, you kind of have to be okay with that, but you also need to make sure the communication's like solid, right? Exactly. Exactly. So like I said, you know, um really building the foundation of communication with your team and being like, Hey, don't, don't tell me at hour eight that this isn't going to be finished. Like tell me halfway through, like, Hey, there's a slight chance. Um, and then you can kind of like run it up the flagpole, like, Hey, so-and-so says, you know, this is going to take probably two X the time. And then that starts the process of like approvals. And like I said, um, understanding, like if we need to shimmy shake things to meet a certain margin or like, Hey, this is a recurring problem. We have to fix this or, um, you know, just like a whole myriad of problems and and answers to be to be fixed. But um, it really just starts there. And um, yeah, I think that's what a lot of of businesses as a whole, really, not just an SEO, like don't understand. It's like 
it's taking big things and breaking up it into small things so that you can like greater understand how that big thing really functions and really works. Um, because a lot of businesses will be like, oh, that's tedious. And like, I don't want to think about it that way. It's like, yeah, but that's that's the reality of how you have to think about things. It's like all these little things that make the big thing. It, that, that's really interesting to me too, because it's like you have to, you break down these projects, but there's also that training component. Like your people need to understand how to communicate that as well. So to what extent do you bake training into your project management, you know, operations? Yeah. So I would say there's like a couple safeguards in place. So, um, you know, like when we onboard clients um, or like folks at, at LSG, local SEO guide, or when I have my own, um, you know, freelance thing going on, it is something that I really like reiterate to all the people on the team is like, hey, don't don't tell me like if you if you like smell smoke, tell me before there's a fire, you know. Um, so that's just something we're constantly, constantly, constantly saying. But also. Um, you know, things happen yeah, <laughs> and that happens too. So a lot of it is, is being able to deal with, um, things as they come up, but also back to like my, my point about like being able to take big tasks and chunk them up into small tasks is the ability to resource plan. So mm-hmm. like, if you have these fires, then we know exactly, like, I have to move these pieces to make this work now. Like maybe that means next week and the week after and the week after I need to like kind of shimmy shake this. But if we don't have those big chunked tasks broken into smaller chunk tasks, suddenly it becomes like, I don't even know what I need to move. Like I have no idea how to like re- reorg my whole entire schedule or somebody else's or somebody else's team's whole entire schedule to now make this work. Um, and that's obviously a huge problem, like because then we no longer have control of our staffing. We no longer have consistent staffing. Like it's it's a huge problem. So yeah. Dude, uh, operations is such an intense role because it's like, it feels like to me, and you can confirm or deny, but it's like, even if everything is going right and according to plan, you're still always spinning plates. Like you're still like juggling so much. Yes. Yes. No, you're, you're totally right. I think, and, and, you know, um, a large part of operations and project management is like risk management, right? So you're kind of like the person that's managing all the risk um, and kind of trying to poke holes and things as it goes so that you can juggle like seven plates instead of 700. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so it it is one of those things, but again, that just, it's, that's why project management and operations is so stinking important is because you just, you don't even know what you're working with until you like really break it down. Um, and then, like I said, being able to move those small pieces, um, to make the greater, the greater big piece work is it's super important. I mean, to your point about risk mitigation, like that is such a key part of like, whether it's an individual project or just the ongoing, how much time do you invest? Like how frequently do you revisit risk mitigation across the entire org? And this is, we're, we're going completely in a different direction when we initially <laughs> we're good. started, but, but it's so interesting to me of like how you handle that as the VP of operations. Yeah. So I think, um, the answer is never, <laughs> you never mm-hmm. stop. Um, and I think the reason is, is because, you know, you build the framework, like I was talking about, you take all these tasks and you break them into smaller tasks. And during that process, you're really thinking about like, what could fall apart here? What are the things we need to consider for internally? What are the things we need to consider for our clients? Like um, the pitfalls, the, all the things. Um, but then like, as a, as a, on the day to day, like shit happens. So you're right. constantly, <laughs> 
you're constantly like trying to be like, okay, this is the lesser of all the evils and this is how we're going to do it. So it, it never stops. So, you know, you try to do as much proactive risk management as you can so that you don't have to be so reactive to the day-to-day stuff. Um, again, that's why it's so important, but the day-to-day stuff happens. Like you can, you can plan all you want. You can plan on one hand and, you know, on the other, and, um, it's always going to come up, but you can try to minimize it by at least being proactive about project management. I can't imagine being a perfectionist and trying to be like an, an operations person. I feel like that's like the worst role you could possibly be if, if you're like. <laughs> it, so like, yes and no, but it just depends on how you manage your personal stress. Like I'm not, I would say I used to be a perfectionist, but like with every, every child that we have, we have four. Um, I've kind of like been like, eh, I care a little less, but um, I also like handle stress well, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So all those little things kind of, they kind of wear on me, but not, I don't think as heavily as it wears on other people who don't like handle stress quite as well. So I, I think it just depends on how you handle stress, but yeah, it is, it is a whole thing where you do have to learn to, you know, give and take. It definitely, it's funny. Cause it seems like the type of profession that like attracts a professionist. Cause it's all about organization and control. And then the irony is the fact that like, it's one of those roles that you don't have any, you, or not that you don't have any control over, but it's likely that things are going to be, to challenge your needs of organization control because that's the nature of business. I am curious, um, as we get to the end here, one question I did want to touch on that you and I were talking about a little bit before is the whole idea of change management um, mm-hmm. and that aspect of project management and operations that sometimes you do need to like a bigger change of processes or you need to incorporate something new like AI or you know different clients all over the place. Can you speak to change management and kind of how you think about it? Yeah. So change management is super important. Um, I think specifically, um, actually, you know, both internally at LSG and also like in my own business um, as a consultant, um, change is hard, especially project management, because I feel like um, when it comes to operations and project management, we're so focused on hours and scope and time and money and people and resources and planning and da, 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 where like, if you come from an org that traditionally has been like, whatever. Um, like we'll figure it out at all. You know, like my, my nightmare type thing, <laughs> you're like you're being big brothered, right? Like you have somebody that's like very looking at you, like meticulously looking at what you're doing and how you're doing it and trying to figure out processes. And it can feel very, um, like hovery and like, yeah, big brothery. So change management is super important. I think it's, it's one of the things that gets overlooked, but, Um, If you want to get buy-in from your team or from your client's team or whatever it is, like you, you really need to think about it. And um, I think like traditionally change management is like, oh, we're going to switch from this process to this process and here's the documentation and blah, blah, blah. But I think the way I like to think about it is more like, how do we frame what we're doing to be in a positive light for our client or the team or whoever it is you're working with? Um, Because what you're doing has obvious benefits but those benefits aren't like, unless you really overly communicate them and give the, the other person the why, it's easy for the other party to be like, you know, on the fence about what you're doing and see it as, as something negative. So making sure that you're really um, communicating with them 
about like what you're doing, why, how this benefits them, long run, short run, and kind of like bringing the full loop together is super important. Like the documentation, don't get me wrong. That's also important too, for training purposes and document, you know, whatever, but um, really just like getting to, to, to chat with the team, ideally one-on-one and, and bring that full, like bring it the loop close, I guess, if you will, um, is super important. Yeah. People management is tough. And especially when you're like, you have to navigate that need to know basis and why some decisions are made. You can't always be fully transparent and yet you need everyone on board. Having that sort of emotional, like IQ, that EQ, if you will, um, to be able to navigate that is, is probably one of the harder aspects of the, of your job. Yeah. It, you know, and it really is, is because like you can control a process to mostly, but you like controlling people is like, that's hard. It, like you said, everybody has their own emotions, their own like notions going on, um, you know, and sometimes their own agendas too. So it's, it's really hard to make sure that you're, you're making everybody feel like the process and the, the things that you're doing are, um, you know, with the best of intentions and that everybody's goal is unified. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all like here to work, do a good job, make some money and go home. Right. So like the less you can make people feel like you're at, you're interfering with that, the better. And so good communication, open communication is, is the biggest, the biggest part of that, I think. And Tessa, I mean, that's so clear with you. So like if, if anyone is, you know, if you're looking, cause you're taking on clients right now in terms of your, your free, freelance role of kind of uh, project yeah. management. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, like wh- where's the best way to kind of reach out? Yeah. So you, um, yeah, I am taking on a couple clients. I have room for like a couple spots. Um, so yes, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at Tess Vokes. I'm on LinkedIn, or you can, um, hit up my business email, which is super original tessa.vokes at gmail.com beautiful okay are you ready for some rapid fire rankings yes okay let's do it okay put on the music some time on the clock we're diving right in first off rank your top three of something that you love it can be anything uh, let's see. Um, probably. Okay. So I'll, I'll go with, um, like, uh, my hobbies, I guess. So I don't really have hobbies first of all, cause I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so my hobbies include, um, spending time with my kids, um, like walking or hiking outdoors, um, either on a flat terrain in the forest or like, I really like, uh, like mountainous type things or um, like decorating or reorganizing my home. That's very project manager-y to say, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I get it, that is really fun. We're doing it ourselves. (laughs) Okay, rank your best SEO or marketing win. Oh my goodness. Um, Let's see, all right. So I think my first one is creating and scaling um, project management at LSG. It's something I take a lot of pride in. Um, I'm really proud of the work that I've done, but more importantly, the work that the team has done to make that successful and, and really make LSG um, the company and the product that it is today. So that's like number one. Um, number two, I would say um, creating my own freelancing business. Um, it's it's fun way to um, kind of like work with different clients outside of LSG. Um, also like exercise my brain and to help people. I really like helping people. So that's that's um, something I'm also very proud of. 
Um, and also, ooh, um, probably joining Minnesota Search. Um, everybody should everybody should check out MN Search. Um, but it's something that I'm really passionate about: uh, giving back to the community, helping. Um, put on events and things like that that help um, continuing ed of all their digital marketers is it's incredible. So I'm super thankful for the opportunity. So much FOMO. That seems like such a such a great group. Uh, I always see all the great stuff between you and Eric Gleason. <laughs> okay, finally, um, also rank your top three SEO tools. All right, so I'm going to go with SEMrush. Um, I wouldn't be here if I wouldn't say ClickUp. Um, hashtag project management. <laughs> Um, I do love ClickUp a lot, um, and no, I don't get paid to say that. Um, I just really love the tool. And then also something that's really exciting um, is an LSG built tool called Squirrel. Um, it's basically like a like a like a it runs in Slack. It's like an assistant. It helps do some of the dirty work for you. We have some pretty awesome tools coming out of it, um, and so more more to come on that. But it is it's really changing. I think the way that we do SEO and the the information that we're able to like process and like light speed so that's fun that's super fun okay rank your best uh number one seo trick or tactic um all right so i'm a big internal linking girly i will die on that hill every day like it is boring it is not like glittery and shiny like ai or some of the other stuff going on but it is tried and true you will win it's a guarantee just do it um yeah i think i think that's it and of course project management <laughs> okay, you, you can slip that in there. Okay, finally, um, also rank what you love most about SEO. What I love most about it. All right, so um, probably the challenges it, it brings. So I could never have a job that's like routine or just like the same day to day. Um, you can make processes out of SEO, but at the end of the day, like every site is different. Every client's different. It's, and I, I like that about it. Um, building relationships. I love the network that we have in the SEO industry, specifically on SEO Twitter. Um, I think it's great. Um, I've met a ton of like clients, colleagues, uh, friends, my shine group. Um, so shout out to them um, through Twitter. Um, and I, I love that about it. Um, also, um, just like a robust set of skills. So I something I think that's super underrated about SEO is like you will come out of it with a ton of skills because SEO is and should be integrated into every single part of marketing. So um, if you're an SEO, you're not just an SEO. You know something about content, you know something about link building, you know something about PPC, you know something about copywriting, you know something about project management, probably. You know something. You know a lot of the ins and outs of the business. And um, I, I don't think that could be said for every, every department in marketing, for sure. So I think SEO has made me super well-rounded. And um, yeah, I appreciate that about it. That's so, that's so true. That's so well said. Um, rank your best learning SEO resource. Uh, all right. So I think the one that people always like scoff at is Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> uh, Twitter slash LinkedIn. Um, I think like people are like, oh, so you have to like take a course or you like have to like read this, I don't know, publication or something, but not really. I think some of the best information and like studies that I've um, come across are just like Twitter threads. Um, so that's my number one. Number two are like blogs and roundtables, like meh, of course. Um, three is probably podcasts. And um, the fourth is just like finding a mentor or having a like a colleague or coworker that you feel super comfortable with, um, picking their brain, having somebody to rubber duck. Um, also super underrated. I know they tell you like in school, I'm oh, networking, it's always networking, but it really is. It really, really is. So um, yeah, those are my, my faves. 
I was gonna say, uh, you you mentioned rubber ducky. That's my new favorite term. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start breaking that into <laughs> into casual conversation later. Yes. Um, <laughs> rank the top one to three SEOs or marketers that, that you most like, admire, respect, look up to. Yeah, as of late, um, I'd say Nick Eubanks. Uh, he is a super bright person. Um, I admire all the hard work and um, all the things he's really been doing. Uh, he's a great entrepreneur. Um, has a really solid business mindset and uh, that's something I aspire to kind of like, you know, learn over the years. Um, so shout out to him. Also Blake Denman, um, another solid dude, uh, not just a great business person, but like like ethically and emotionally, just like all around solid person. Somebody I always uh, bounce ideas off of and kind of riff with. And then I am going to butcher her last name and I apologize. I really admire her. I've just never heard her like say her last name, so I will butcher it. But Amanda, is it not, not TV dad? TV dad? There you go. She's uh, with Spark Taro. And she, she just has like this brilliant way of like casually sharing information that's useful. And I appreciate that. She doesn't like make it overly complicated. It's nothing. And like you read it and you're just like, yeah, of course, like that makes total sense. But um, she just has like an elegant, casual way of of being relatable. And, you know, that's so much about marketing is just being able to be relatable. And I, I really admire that about her. I think she's great. Yeah, she's um, so likable. All three of those are great people. I, I really appreciate it. I remember interviewing Nick on a, uh, a podcast I did a while back and he was on the way to the airport the whole time. And he was still like the nicest guy just taking time around his day, like respect to Alvin. And Blake, actually it's funny, a joke about, or story about Blake real quick is that he actually, they have great merch at Rickety Roo. They have these great t-shirts. Yeah. I got one for, for my pregnant wife at the time. It was one of her like pregnant shirts the entire time. It was this little like bear on the moon. It's great, great team, great organization over there. Finally, last question, rank your number one cause or charity that you'd want to promote. Sure. So my favorite is the backpack program at our kids's, um, or like, well, I guess at our regional school or our kids' school. Um, it helps kids fight hunger. Um, so basically what it is, is like, it's like a food shelf that's at school and they send products home with kids, um, kids who, who need it in, in backpacks. And, um, you know, that's super near and dear to my heart. I, I hope nobody ever has to experience that. And I wish no kid ever did, but you know, that's not, that's not the reality of our world. So, um, I really admire that program and I, I love the work that they do. And I know that it's not just, um, centralized to our school. I know that they're like, I don't want to say all schools, but like <laughs> there are a ton of schools and districts and organizations that support this cause. So, um, if you can find it in your heart to either donate or volunteer or, um, do some sort of outreach for your local backpack program at your school. Um, I, I really encourage you to do that. It's a great, a great cause. I love that. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes so you can find it down below. Tess, thank you so much for being my guest. This was such a fun conversation. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm super, super excited to be able to spread the good word of project management. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, really bring light to something that I think is really underrated and like overlooked in our industry. I think it's, it's kind of like the less glamorous side of SEO or of business and in, in general. And um, I think people should really realize how like important it is and how much it affects your business and your team really too. So yeah, thank 100%. you for having me. No, absolutely. Find, find Tess on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on the email. We'll have that uh, in the show notes as well. Once again, my name is Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank. This has been the Rankable Podcast, and we will catch you next week. See you later. Bye.